Game of the Year 2023 just got a lot harder with an insanely successful launch from Baldur's Gate 3. We recently did a video where I did a Baldur's Gate 3 review roundup. We looked at the player numbers. That was on Friday before things took a huge turn up over the weekend. All it took was the weekend to exceed everything that we had already thought was an exceptional launch. Very high numbers for this game. Even higher now after the weekend. I want to look at the player numbers. I want to look at the sales impact. This is impacting sales on other platforms. I want to look at the review scores. Many now claiming this is the front runner for Game of the Year 2023. I also want to consider all of the other games in the running. Some people that think there are others that are more deserving or they are the front runner. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the stream. That way, you don't have to go searching for it. It's a live stream, so the videos are longer. If you like this kind of long-form discussion content, hit subscribe, hit the bell button so you don't miss my live shows. Just when you thought the race for Game of the Year 2023 couldn't get any harder, another crazy good game lands. And this game is Baldur's Gate 3. Now the reviews are soaring about as high as the player count continues to soar. Uh, The reception's been so positive, it is even influencing game sales on a platform that can't even play the game yet. And this is all a classic D&D turn-based style RPG that only launched on the PC platform. So first, I want to recap just what has been going on with Baldur's Gate 3 since its launch. We have Steam charts, review scores, a huge boost to sales on another platform. Second, I want to consider all of the other games that are currently in the running. Some are starting to argue that with so many stellar games, there need to be more nominations this year. Usually it's only about five or six. Then all of this leads to the last thing that I would like to talk about. 2023 is clearly showing itself to be the turnaround year for gaming. Anybody saying that like gaming is dead or gaming's in a terrible spot, they're not paying attention to what's been going on in 2023 with gaming. So, okay, what is going on with Baldur's Gate 3? Well, first, I just need to say that the reception that this game is receiving is well beyond what I expected, what many people expected. I have a very humorous tweet even from their CEO at Larian. I don't think they thought this was going to happen. If someone had told me that in 2023 an old-school turn-based style RPG would be one of the most popular games of the year, I would not have believed them. And full disclosure, I don't even like turn-based games. I plan on getting this game because I feel like it'd be kind of foolish to not at least give it a go. Give it a shot. See if it can win me over. I've had games recently where I thought, I'll never really be able to get into that game, and then they end up changing my mind. I never really liked Rogues. Returnal is one of my favorite games. I didn't think I'd like the combat in Final Fantasy 16. I ended up loving it. And now you've got a classic style RPG with turn-based and rolling of dice. And I'm like, I think I'm going to have to try this thing out because it's just doing so incredibly well. I've seen people say that they were not interested in this game. But they had to see what all the excitement was about. And you can see that clearly evidenced in the player base numbers. The player base numbers were great when the game first came out on a Thursday. And I thought, okay, we'll get to Friday. 
it'll probably peak in like the 600s, right? 600,000 players because it already had such a strong start. You can see here the way the chart has trended. This is in response to the reviews, to word of mouth, to the excitement. This isn't an organic sort of growth pattern. This is very organic. This is not like a shoot up on day one and then a cliff fall off the very next day. And currently that all-time peak, just over 800,000 concurrent players. I took this screenshot at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, August the 6th. You can clearly see that upward momentum is in response to everything that's been going on. I actually thought, hey, it'll hit around 600K on Friday. Friday, it peaked at 591. So I was was pretty on target with that prediction. You could kind of look at where it was trending and make a guess, pretty educated guess. I didn't think it was going to hit 800,000 over the weekend. Now, the main threat to this game hitting a million concurrent players is it's Monday. And Monday has, you know, a notorious relationship with video games and people getting back to normal life. So there's people getting back into school. There's different schedules and things like that going on. So this thing's probably not going to hit a million concurrent, but it was well on pace to do that if we didn't have all these pesky responsibilities in the way. So it's tough, I think, to maintain that level of momentum. And I think that needs to be clearly stated, okay? I I worry that this right here is going to be something that causes misjudgment in about a week, okay? People are dismissing this game. They're downplaying this game because it's currently not going to land on Xbox anytime soon. We don't have a timeline. All we know is it's probably going to be next year. This has led to a lot of console tribalism and fighting about this game. So the Steam charts will inevitably drop. There's no way to maintain those types of numbers, especially for a game that's not an MMO. It's not a live service game. It's not intended to have numbers that high. Okay? So when they start to drop, be aware, you're going to see people celebrate this. You'll see headlines. You'll see YouTube videos, Twitter they're basically going to misrepresent what's going on. Basically, every single huge game launch comes back down to reality. It's, It's seemingly not possible to maintain that level of excitement. And we're talking about concurrent players. Oftentimes, people see concurrent player averages drop and they say, oh, everybody stopped playing the game. That is so drenched in ignorance about how concurrent players work. Generally, in the first couple of days of the launch, everybody has set aside time to play the game. So your concurrent player numbers go up. That's the number of people playing at a given time. Life tends to settle back in, and equilibrium within the player base always settles in for every single game. That does not represent a bunch of people quitting the game. That does not represent a bunch of people no longer playing. What it means is they're not all playing at the same time. So if your player peaks go back down to like 300,000, let's say, you're still going to have a different batch of people playing every day. You're not hitting that 300,000 concurrent player peak every day with the exact same people. Many people misunderstand what concurrent player numbers even mean. They think it's just total number of people that played that day or something, or unique logins and so they think oh the numbers have dropped the game is basically dead so i anticipate that false narrative brewing very quickly because these numbers are not tenable you cannot maintain these types of numbers with a non-live service game but steam charts are not the only thing on the rise according to reports Baldur's gate 3 is now a best-selling pre-order on the playstation 5 this has been reported by yahoo finance games radar benji sales on twitter this was all pulled from game statify 
at the time of writing this monologue, I wrote this monologue on a Sunday, it had moved from position three to position two. Now, there's other screenshots floating around. I'm kind of blocking myself here, but you want to be able to see what it's competing with, okay? There's other screenshots floating around of it now being in the number one spot, all right? That's insane if you think about it. Look at the games that Baldur's Gate 3 is holding its own with. It's between Madden and NBA 2K, and obviously... Spider-Man's up there because it's Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man's really, really popular as a comic book character, so his sales are always going to be very, very high. The fact that this thing skyrocketed to that position on the PlayStation 5 is incredible, and I think this is exactly what you want to see with a good game. You want to see people respond to the reviews and the feedback, and that to turn into support for the developer, as opposed to pre-ordering for bonuses or, you know, battle pass this or digital edition that. This is in response to all the praise and all the positivity surrounding the game. When the game hit 500,000 concurrent players, I, you know, nobody, I don't think, thought it would be on pace to almost double that over the weekend, you know, at 800,000. So, Larian Studios, the CEO, had a hilarious tweet in response to this. He said, probably should stay away from the IT team for a while. I told them to expect like 100k or so at max. And so he takes this screenshot at 500,000. Well, little did they know that 500,000 was nothing. You were going to hit well over 800,000 over the weekend. So the Larian Studios IT department is going to deserve a pay raise and maybe a couple of days off once they're able to, uh, you know, kind of relax after this insane launch. But buckle up. The game comes out again in September on the PlayStation 5. So I'm not the only one who did not expect this level of reception for this game. The CEO of Larian himself was like, yeah, we weren't, we had no idea that this was going to happen. Now that the weekend is behind us, where did the reviews stand? So when I did my review roundup on Friday, the Steam reviews for the last 30 days, not total reviews, because this thing has been in early access for a while. So the best representation of the release version of Baldur's Gate 3 on Steam is you have to look at the last 30 days. There was only about 20,000 votes at that time. Now the game, when I wrote the monologue, had 38,000. I don't know, it might even be closer to 40,000 now. So it's basically doubled the number of reviews on Steam just over the weekend, okay? Just in the last 30 days, they doubled from 20,000 to basically 40,000, and it has an insanely strong 95%. Games of this size, with this many people playing, holding a score like that is truly a massive achievement 95% okay this is why I think the race for game of the year in 2023 just got a whole lot harder we're not even talking about Metacritic we're not talking about review outlets we're talking about the people that are actually playing the game and it's maintaining one of the highest scores I've seen in a long time that is very difficult to stay in the mid 90s or above commercial success combined with this level of public and critical acclaim is very very tough to argue against it is currently sitting at a 94 on metacritic it does only have four critic reviews i'm not sure if that's because of the size of the game the outlets are they not wanting to put a review on metacritic until it can be a a final review Many of the reviews are in progress because it is such a beefy game. There is so much to do that maybe they're not wanting to publish that. At the time of writing, 919 Metacritic users scored the game 
on Metacritic, so almost a thousand basically, it had a 9.2. So it's maintaining a very similar score on Metacritic that it is on Steam. That's tough to do. There's always people out there review bombing and dropping scores, just going and putting a zero because they don't like the game or they're angry or whatever. When you look at Open Critic, there's 18 critic reviews. It's sitting at a 93%, and 100% of the critics from Open Critic recommend the game. Now, the other reviews that have published since I did my review roundup, you know, Game Rants giving it four and a half out of five stars, Screen Rant and Games Radar had very positive reviews. I'm seeing very minor complaints in both of their reviews. And Dig.com gathered a bunch of the reviews and it led them and it summarized them with this question Is Baldur's Gate 3 the second? coming of western rpgs i have to say it certainly feels that way and that really puts us in i think this game in a special class of competition for game of the year elden ring was seen as transformative for open world for exploration for souls as a genre and it was seen as a generation defining game i've always said it's going to be one that we look back on like skyrim we will say that elden ring sort of changed the landscape of gaming especially open world games as well as games that try to do the similar type of souls like combat Baldur's gate 3 seems to be earning similar praise for what is for what it brings to the RPG genre. Many thought this genre was long dormant and unworthy of resurrection. I would maybe be one of those people. I always thought turn-based, really? Like I'm rolling dice, really? I've always said if I want to play a board game, I'll go play a board game. Well, I was demonstrably wrong. This this style of game, this this genre is well worthy of resurrection and praise and engagement people are playing it people are giving it very good scores now this draws our attention to the other games of the year because the game of the year discussion is obviously one that is ongoing there's always the front runners there's always the games that come out that seem like they're insurmountable you know right now everybody's saying that the front runner is zelda tears of the kingdom many still consider it to be the front runner uh, and deservedly so. Look, you know, Zelda stands tall in my book. After 145 critics reviewed it on Metacritic, it has a 96. It did incredibly well with the review outlets. Now, the audience didn't score it quite as high, but I think this game is going to be tough to beat. Tears of the Kingdom is the one that I'm speaking of. Obviously, that's not the only thing we can go by. We can't purely go by Metacritic. I think the innovation, the scope, the creativity of Zelda was and continues to be highly praised. From where I sit, games like Baldur's Gate 3 have a chance to edge out Zelda. We have to admit that much of Zelda was built directly off of the previous game. So while Baldur's Gate 3 is a continuation of the franchise and a sequel in quotations, I would say, I've continued to think that direct sequels, especially one like Tears of the King, should have to do quite a bit more to win Game of the Year, especially when the previous Zelda already won Game of the Year. So I think it's clear that Baldur's Gate 3 is bringing not just the franchise of Baldur's Gate forward, but also the genre. The level of acceptance and praise is proving that classic RPGs are still relevant. And beyond that, it is pulling in new fans, skeptics, and gamers who were previously not interested in the game. That, to me, is a stronger testament to the game's success and quality than what we saw in Tears of the Kingdom. But there are other games to consider. Final Fantasy XVI didn't have a strong Metacritic showing, or uh, comparing to like Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3, but 
Final Fantasy 16 did very well and was highly praised. When we learn that they did 3 million sales in just the first week with only 38 million PS5s in circulation, its commercial success is undeniable, even though people are now running with the false narrative that it didn't sell well and Square Enix is worried. That has all been completely made up. There are people already pushing back and debunking those claims. It seemingly is only happening in the wake of Baldur's Gate 3 because people are really angry about, you know, a game that is an inadvertent, you know, exclusive to PS5. It's not an exclusive, but on the surface to the layman, to the non-educated gamer, it's like, oh, well, it's only over there in about a month. So I think many people are starting to take swings at games like Final Fantasy 16. I think Final Fantasy 16 is still in the running for Game of the Year as well as other categories. When we learned about its sales, I mean, an 8% attach rate is, is incredibly good for a game like that. And that's just in the first week, okay? Having an 8% attach rate for your game in the first seven days that it comes out, lifetime sales will continue to climb. So if you get an 8% you know, or a roughly 10% attach rate for your game in the launch week. That is something to celebrate. Many are even saying, in addition to Final Fantasy 16, there's Resident Evil 4 Remake. It will get a nomination. It just passed 5 million units sold at the end of July, and most of the scores landed in the 90s. We certainly cannot forget the other two juggernauts that have still yet to come out, Starfield and Spider-Man 2. Every trailer for Spider-Man 2 has been crushing everything else on YouTube and view count and popularity within the gaming world like nothing's touching Spidey not really a fair competition but that game is still on the way the devs have promised us that we really haven't seen anything yet and when character design and the graphics were being praised in the most recent trailer one dev replied and said that everything would look even better at launch indicating that most of what we're seeing are likely older builds that would be I think Fairly unprecedented for Spidey to win. However, I see Spider-Man 2 landing a nomination based on everything we have seen so far. Superheroes have not really won Game of the Year up to now if we're only considering Keeley's event. I didn't look at every event that has ever happened. Starting in 2014, the nine games that have won Game of the Year are as follows. Dragon Age Inquisition, The Witcher 3, Overwatch, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, God of War, Sekiro, Last of Us Part 2, It Takes Two, and Elden Ring. You will notice that games like Dragon Age, Witcher 3, Legend of Zelda, God of War, Sekiro, Elden Ring, like a lot of those games are in similar, almost slightly overlapping categories, which puts Baldur's Gate 3 into a nice, nice lane. Historically speaking, I do think it's more likely that something like Baldur's Gate 3 or Zelda will walk away with the win over something like Spider-Man 2. Obviously, there were Game of the Year awards before Keeley's event, like the DICE Awards, but Keeley's event has become the central one that many consider to be the event. Like, that is the, the, the award ceremony for games. Okay, that's the one pretty much everybody points to. There's obviously the BAFTAs and DICE and everything else. Now, somewhat mired in pre-launch criticism due to the 30 FPS cap, as well as visible performance issues in its trailers... Starfield has a lot to prove, okay? They released 25 minutes of gameplay, and people still are unsure how this game's going to run on PC. We're not sure we're going to get stable 30 FPS on console because it doesn't even get stable 30 FPS in the trailer. So 
even though they've given us a mountain of footage, we're not sure about the game's performance. I am totally convinced Starfield will be an amazing RPG, but as far as video game performance goes, I'm not convinced we're staring at something or looking at something that will run at the caliber it needs to be a game of the year contender. But given Bethesda's history with Skyrim and Fallout, I would say they have a very strong chance this year. The main takeaway, at least from where I sit, is that this year you need to be more than a good game. Both Zelda and Baldur's Gate 3 insist upon that. You need massive recognition, praise, and success. You need to influence a genre in the gaming world in a way that's almost not even tangible. I believe Starfield could do that given what Skyrim did to the open world RPG genre as well as just the gaming world at large. But these are not the only games that have come out this year. It's been a very, very strong year. We have games like Hogwarts Legacy, Street Fighter 6, Mortal Kombat, Diablo 4, Jedi Survivor, Dead Space Remake, Armored Core 6, Super Mario Wonder. I'm sure I'm even leaving some out. Those were just the ones that were like off the top of my head for how big 2023 year is for gaming. How could anybody claim that this has not been a great year for video games? This is one of the reasons I'm seeing folks say, hey, we need like eight nomination slots for game of the year instead of the usual five to six. I actually tend to agree with this because at the very least, many of these deserve nomination and recognition. Obviously, there can only be one that wins, but so many good games in a year, you would hate to see Not all of them, at least, get a nomination, which kind of leads to my last section here. Gaming is turning around in 2023. It's no secret that since 2020, gaming has struggled with launch dates and with quality. While 2023 has certainly not been immune to bad launches with Wolong on PC and Jedi Survivor, overall, this year is shaping up to be the best year in gaming in a long time. And there is, I think, a level of objectivity to this. Sales and revenue are trending higher in areas that are very important, I think, for games' success. Actual game purchases during launch week at full price seem to be stronger than ever, and that bodes well in the battle for gaming soul that seems to be going on. Those of us who value premium-level games at full price are encouraged to see the trends of 2023 land so strongly. And that doesn't mean there's not room for subservice gaming, but it certainly means that full-price award-winning games are still moving the market and publishers and investors will take note of those trends this year Baldur's Gate 3 is proving that when you deliver a high quality product it will sell at full price during its launch week I'm sure after the rough year of PC ports and multi-plat launches the PC gaming community is throwing its full weight behind Baldur's Gate 3 and to a certain degree we all should Setting aside the drama and the flat-out denial about why this game is not landing on the Xbox in 2023, this is a game that should be celebrated. High scores, high quality, high player counts, they all speak for themselves. And if your favorite game for Game of the Year this year feels like it's under threat, that is a good thing. The best years as a gamer are when so many games compete for your attention. And if Baldur's Gate 3 is any indication, 2023 is not done fighting yet, and the battle for Game of the Year will be a fight to the finish. 
So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusion. At this point, it is undeniable that Baldur's Gate 3 is in the running for Game of the Year. Gamers can be dismissive about the genre. They can be dismissive about it only being on PC. They can be angry or upset and claim that Larian's lying or whatever about why it's not on Xbox. Listen, y'all look like a bunch of clowns just grasping at straws. The player count alone shows how massive this game is. By way of comparison, Elden Ring peaked at 952,000 players concurrent on Steam. Elden Ring... Okay, Baldur's Gate peaking at 814,000 without the marketing and the level of anticipation that Elden Ring had is incredibly impressive. To be 100,000 players away from Elden Ring on Steam is remarkable. Elden Ring was marketed everywhere. It was at every gaming event. It was seen as the most anticipated game of that year. And Baldur's Gate's nipping at its heels and... I didn't see a lot of marketing for Baldur's Gate. It went viral with the whole bear love story, and it certainly is a beloved title, but I don't think anybody expected it to be right there behind Elden Ring of all games. The second thing I want to say is, the other games in the running this year are certainly holding their own, and that says a lot about how many great games are coming this year. Sadly, it would not surprise me if one portion of the gaming community roots against Baldur's Gate 3 winning awards. Some have even gone so far as to accuse Larian of lying, and apparently they're doing this to help PlayStation compete against Starfield. These types of ludicrous claims and the subsequent awful behavior on Twitter is a sign that some of you need to find a new hobby and maybe seek professional help, or maybe just find a new team to cheer for if yours is down so bad. My conclusion is this, 2023 is certainly not over by any stretch. Last year's winner still has a game coming out, okay? FromSoft still has Armored Core 6 coming out this year. I would certainly not count out Starfield. I would not count out Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. There are some massive titles and franchises that have still yet to crest over the hill of 2023. With so many goods, get good games coming out, it's honestly getting hard to keep track of all of the frontrunners. And it's even harder to play all of them. That, in my book, is cause to celebrate, rather than fight and keep score. So chalk this year up as a win for gamers, regardless of what game goes home with the title of Game of the Year. And that is the show open. Happy Monday to you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Go through that Monday morning ritual. We are live every day of the week with a talk show like this. Smash that like button. It helps us out. It helps more people find the video. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you can talk in my chat. We hit 3,500 members, so you guys got your extra Beat Saber stream. We have solved the issue that I was running into that Friday night. It kept it kept losing the green screen. I bought a little infrared light projector thing. So we're still on for the stretch goal of 4,000. And I will dress up as Jar Jar Binks and play Beat Saber. So push that number. Good to see you in the chat. Guys, you know what we do when Feed is here without a member? Make sure and take care of Feed. Dumpy Koala renews their membership as a VIP during the show open. Thank you so much 
for being here. And DK Baker is going to kick things off right at the beginning. Thanks so much for gifting a member. Why do you take shots at Xbox people? I'm not taking shots at Xbox people. I'm taking shots at delusional morons who have driven a false narrative and accused the developer of lying on Twitter. If you're an Xbox fan, that doesn't mean that that wasn't aimed at you. It was aimed at people that are just saying things that are incredibly dumb and false. Yeah. You can be an Xbox fan. You don't have to believe in that nonsense. I feel bad for Xbox fans. This is a great game. If you're a huge fan of RPGs, you're missing out on one of the biggest launches of the year. I don't celebrate that. I want everybody to be able to play a game like this. This game's crushing it. Yo, what's good? Joker Quinn gifts a member. DK Baker gifts one, and it went to feed. I didn't even catch that. We've already taken care of feed for the day, and a second one goes to Spriggan from Joker Quinn. Thank you so much. I know Hogwarts Legacy came out, but I wanted a different game like Bully. So um, you take shots at Xbox people then? No, there are plenty of fans of Xbox that are not out here accusing Larian of lying and claiming that this is some weird strategy to help PlayStation fight against Starfield. Like, come on, if you're smart enough to know that that's not true, then, dude, seriously, you don't have to worry about anything I said in my show open. Also, more and more devs are coming out saying the Series S is the reason why they need to add extra time to make Xbox games. Yeah, I don't want to cannibalize that show. That's probably another show, honestly. I, I'm, I'm trying to save every tweet I can of people talking about that. No reason to hate. The game's obviously very, very good. It just happens to be a turn-based one, which is obviously horrible to me. I do not like turn-based games, and I'm going to try this game. Yo, D. Dizzle hits 24, I'm sorry, 23 months of membership right on the doorstep of 24 months. Guys, make sure you're smashing like. Let's get those first 200 likes really, really quickly this morning. Good morning and welcome in. First stream of the week. I appreciate you being here so, so much. We covered this game last week. I didn't think that I'd be covering again. I didn't think that I'd be playing this game, but... I was wrong. I This game is absolutely dominating. I was like, oh, it'll probably peak at like 600,000 on Friday evening. And it did. It hit 591 on Friday evening. But it wasn't done. It just kept going and hit over 800,000 concurrent players. The turn-based RPG aspect is not the center of Baldur's Gate 3, says Aaron Claypool. It is an immersive sim type. Use your skills and creativity to solve problems and progress the story turn-based lets you strategize more i mean i actually think that turn-based is one of the reasons i I, this is going to sound weird as someone who doesn't like turn-based turn-based is one of the reasons why i might end up playing this game with my wife on the couch because turn-based you know it slows everything down it's not some crazy fast spam your abilities action game those aren't exactly chill for the evening right I've heard on uh, certain podcasts that the game is struggling on Steam Deck. Oh no, it's Alex's video. It was very informative for PC players and Steam Deck players. Yeah, I didn't pay much attention to that. That wasn't really what I was concerned about because I don't, I don't think a game like this is necessarily targeting Steam Deck players. I mean, if you want to play it on Steam Deck, great, but they came out and said it was a pretty involved game. It was pretty big, and it was going to be tough, you know, to get it running. That's that's one of the things they've said about Series S. However, I, if I heard that, I wouldn't think I'm going to have a great time on the Steam Deck. 
Skyler with four months. Baldur's Gate essentially has two opportunities for conversation. One now and one at the PlayStation 5 launch. I think that will help its game of the year case. I agree with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, oh no, it's Alex's video on the game was very informative. You can talk or take the turn away from the game and actually look at the person you're talking to. The first turn-based game I played was Persona 5, and it was not as boring as I thought. I don't know if I've ever thought that turn-based was boring. I just don't feel like I'm the one doing anything. Does that make sense? I end up feeling like, well, hang on. Am I doing it, or is the dice doing it? Is the board doing it? Um, that That's always been... You know, that's that's always been my struggle with turn-based. I never want to say like, oh, turn-based is boring. It's more about turn-based just feels like I'm not really playing as much, right? Brimstone over on Kick says, just tried Remnant 2. So good. Favorite game. I played a little bit of Remnant 2 last night after finishing Viewfinder. Baldur's Gate 3 is so much better than I thought it would be, says Narwaffle. I thought Starfield had a good chance uh, if it sticks to landing. Oh, I think Starfield. Yeah, I think Starfield 100% can land a nomination knowing what Bethesda brings to RPGs. I don't think the game of the year conversation is over, but I think Baldur's Gate 3 just threw down a gauntlet it's like you got to be this tall to compete with us like they there's i honestly think Baldur's gate 3 is standing taller than zelda given given the praise what it's doing for an old genre the fact that it's not as directly tied as a sequel like you know what i'm saying like if you go back and you really look at the differences between this and two and then you look at the differences between like tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild it's like yeah i mean tears of the kingdom is wonderful it clearly is i think right there at the front of the pack but it's still built largely on the original game like you know the move sets the animations you know a lot of the weapons the enemies you know what i'm saying like i'm not trying to knock it i'm just saying eh, that i think somebody said it on uh, on twitter they said it being a direct sequel could be the chink in the armor it's like that's the one weak point here and somebody's like well Baldur's Gate 3 is a sequel and I'm like yeah but not in the same way like it is right but it but it isn't Starfield will have more than a million players um I don't know about that I don't know about that uh, having more than a million players on Steam concurrent will be a heck of an achievement that means it'll it'll land higher than Elden Ring and Elden Ring was just globally dominant. I think it was just in a slightly different category. I don't know if Starfield's going to be able to land at a, at a million concurrent on Steam. If it does, that will be a very, very big feather in its cap, and that will certainly help it on its road to hoping for, like, you know, Game of the Year nomination, Game of the Year win. I don't know, though. Starfield being at a million concurrent, it will be... That'll be impressive. Right. It'll get a million across both platforms. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If it's, I'm just talking about Steam. If if you if you include Xbox, then yeah, I think Starfield's concurrent will, will be about one and a half because there's just so many people on Game Pass that can play it over that weekend. That first weekend, you know, their total concurrent player peak might even hit two million. I would think because there's just so many people in the Game Pass funnel that can install it and play it. I was thinking on Steam, it hitting a million just on Steam would be a heck of an achievement. That's that's tall. Because Steam is, 
I don't know. I just don't know how they're going to feel about a Bethesda title in, in, in 2023. We'll see. Skyrim only peaked at 197,000 concurrent. Yeah, but I mean, how long ago was that? How many people were playing games back then? How many people were playing games on console versus PC? Was the PC gaming community the size back then that it is now, right? You have a much larger pool of potential players now. How's Lono's Monster PC coming along? I haven't even... I need to go to the, the local shop. And Creature's supposed to give me everything I'm supposed to go in and ask for. And then I have other people telling me that I don't I don't need to do anything. They're like, your rig's totally fine. I'm like, okay. Uh, I, I still think it's time to upgrade the gaming rig, personally. Starfield and Steam will 100,000 peak? Oh, no. I don't think 100,000. I think Starfield will land in the on Steam. I think it'll land in the seven hundred to eight hundred thousand realm. I think getting to a million players is a huge challenge. I'm talking about, I'm talking about peak concurrent players. We're not. I'm not saying like total. I'm saying peak concurrent. Concurrent is a challenge for games that aren't multiplayer, that aren't online. You know what I mean? No game outselling Tears of the Kingdom this year. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy might take back the number one spot for total sales, John, because Hogwarts Legacy is landing on the Nintendo Switch right around the holidays, and Harry Potter and Christmas go together really, really well, and there's a lot of Nintendo Switches out there. If they can get Hogwarts to run really well on the Nintendo Switch, they impressed me. Okay, full marks to the developers. They got Hogwarts to run very well on the old-gen systems. If they can get it to run well on the Nintendo Switch, then I would imagine... I would imagine it, it, it has the chance. It has the chance to catch Tears of the Kingdom. The problem with Tears of the Kingdom is it'll also get a boost at the holidays because it's the holidays. I think Hogwarts is number one. I think Hogwarts was number one, and then the recent reports about Tears of the Kingdom total sales, it edged out Hogwarts. Not by a ton, but I believe it has edged it out. Hogwarts, I'm telling you, it's going to be a fight to the finish between those two games for the number one sold game this year. It is going to be a fight to the finish. Because Hogwarts will get a boost on all platforms around the holidays, especially if they do any kind of an event in the game or something. But... The Nintendo Switch, you gotta think. You gotta think about it like this. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is on one platform, and the sales will get a teen, it will it will get a bump at the holidays. You have to think about this. Hogwarts is going to be on every platform this holiday, and it's Harry Potter. Being on every platform and getting a boost to the marketing circuit by landing on Switch. And the Nintendo Switch saturation being 120 million Nintendo Switches, I'm telling you, man, Hogwarts could make a, a mad dash at the end and beat out Zelda for total sales. It could. <clears throat> Spider-Man 2? No, Spider-Man 2 will not compete with Hog- Hogwarts or... I just realized something. I have the uh, the chroma key turned on there. I was like, my shirt looks kind of funny in this scene. I was like, my shirt doesn't look quite right. I still had the chroma key on from Friday night. That's hysterical. Breaking news, Red Dead Redemption 1 remake, PlayStation and Switch exclusive. Red Dead 1 on Switch, day 17. Wait, is this real? Two people just came in and said this. Is this breaking news? Did this actually just break? Red Dead remake is real? 
Somebody mentioned that the other day, and I thought, oh, I heard that's a rumor. Is it actually coming this year, or are people getting faked out on Twitter? Hang on a minute. I've got two people coming in and saying it. Switch 2, do you think has uh, Steam Deck specs? Oh, golly, no. It's way weaker than the Steam Deck. Switch 2 is uh, is not very strong. Um, let's see here. I think people are people getting faked out. Red Dead Redemption release date August seventeenth. No native PS five version. No multiplayer. Includes Undead Nightmare. Fifty bucks. Physical releases arriving October. Oh, it's not a remake. They're just releasing the game. There's a Switch version coming. Red Dead Redemption and Nintendo Switch confirmed. It looks like they're just releasing the game. It's not even going to be native to the PS five. Yeah, I see your thing in Discord, Enjoy. Why are they doing that? What? What's the point of that? It's not even a remake. But what's it? How's it even gonna? Is it gonna run like the old version of the game? Is it gonna get an uptick in performance or anything? Remaster? It isn't a remake. It isn't a remaster. Yeah, it doesn't even say that. It just says Red Dead Redemption is coming. August 17th, not native PS5, no multiplayer, it does include Undead Nightmare, it's 50 bucks and there'll be physical releases in October who cares about that I'm be honest with y'all, I'm be honest with y'all, who cares about that <laughs> I don't care about that, that seems like okay, cool those games should be backwards compatible anyways I don't, I don't care about that, I wanted a remake you know, at least a remaster for Pete's sake, so that it looks a little nicer, runs a little better. Because that Switch level, I mean, I think dropping it on the Switch is a great idea. I don't, yeah, that's that's totally fine. That's totally fine. I'm talking about people that have next gen consoles have wanted a remake of that remake or a remaster, like. Playing it backwards compatible wouldn't even be that exciting anyway. I don't I don't like playing old games. I mean, I didn't buy a next-gen console to play old games. I didn't. I don't go back and play a lot of those games. It's not it's just not an interest to me. According to Rockstar's site, they're only porting it to Switch and PS4, not PC, not PS5, not Xbox Series. No modern visual improvements of any kind. So you'll be able to play it on your PS5, but you're just going to be installing the PS4 version, right? Want to play a Switch port of a game? Alex with a $5 Super Chat. I bought this game in early access in 2020. Some people have criticized the full price early access, but it was nice to have something at that time. This is on PC. It's not even being remastered. Yeah, that's not even a news story. Like, that's not even worthy of, like, a one-minute, like, short. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, mm, that's pointless. All right, let me give you guys a brief update on the, uh, on the member goal. You guys hit 3,500. You scrambled and hit it before Friday, and you're currently sitting at 3,381. So we slipped a teeny bit over the weekend. That's totally normal. The stretch goal this year, of this year, this, this month, the stretch goal is 4,000. So you guys have a couple of weeks to work on that, and every 25, I gift five back. Mine actually include in that. So I went crazy on Friday with you guys. I was gifting every opportunity to help you guys hit that goal. 
And we will continue to have VR content on the channel, even though we were having trouble with the green screen. I bought this thing that Eugene recommended. It's like a little infrared projector, and it doesn't even look like it's on when you turn it on. But once you have the headset on, it's like a beacon of light, and it fixed my problems that I was uh, I was having. Red Dead's already on PC. Xbox is backwards compatible, so it's already on Xbox. It's coming to PlayStation because they don't have backwards compatibility. Yeah, that's not really a win in my book. Yo, Alex gifts five and moves the line. He says, hey, we can do this. Everybody jump on board here. Get a little five gifted train. DK Baker says, I'm happy to help out. He gifts one and takes us to eight. Thank you so much, DK Baker. If you guys get a gifted member, you get to be a part of the daily videos that we do for members only. We do a daily debrief at the end of the day. We also do a Friday night stream with my wife. So thank you guys so much for being here. We are talking about game of the year. Now we've gotten off a little bit on these side subjects about different games and different things going on and predicting where certain ones will land. Zach Johnson says, hey guys, let's get a gifted train going of five gifted to peace and he gifts Five on top of the eight, taking us to 13. Thank you so much, Zach Johnson, for gifting five members to the community. People were mad about the Steam Deck getting Baldur's Gate 3, but not the Xbox. Did they not realize that the Steam Deck won't be getting co-op, which is what is holding back the Xbox release? Amazing how much outrage is caused over the weekend and how little people think. Well, here's the challenge, butters. Uh, people are getting split screen to run on the Steam Deck and it requires, according to Alex, Alex and I were DMing about this because I was curious what he was running into. B. Carter is legit, bumps us to 14 total on the day. Thank you, B. Carter. No Face Lord renews their membership for three months and it's a VIP. Not sure you mentioned this, but Baldur's Gate 3 did land first in the PSN pre-orders as of this weekend. That was mentioned in the show open, yes. Um... It does have co-op on the Steam Deck, and Alex was talking to me about it, and it uses about 10 gig of RAM. I believe that's what he said. I could pull up the DM to make sure I don't misquote him. Now, the issue is, is that you only have 8 gig of usable RAM on the Series S, okay? So, when we were talking about it, he says here, it's using 10 gigs of RAM on the Steam Deck if you zoom out on the stats on the left. So this is what Alex is telling me. Now, he's not sure if it's the memory bottleneck as much as it is DirectX 12 and UWP. They're so completely bloated, it eats up resources that devs could use instead. So I said, it's 8 gig usable on the Series S. And he says, well, it's not a bottleneck, it's a systems issue. There shouldn't be 2 gigs cut out for no reasons. It's bloated, it's a bloated system. And I pushed back, and I said, Alex, it's both and. It's both a bottleneck and a systems issue. They didn't put enough memory in the box, and because they didn't put enough memory in the box, their systems issue that you're talking about is creating a memory bottleneck of 8 gig usable. So imagine being a developer and saying, oh yeah, let's make a game where you only have 8 gig usable over here. And on top of that, it's slower RAM. So it's like, come on, man. This is going to be a huge challenge. So everybody's everybody's trying to, to, to spin the Baldur's Gate 3 thing in a way where it's like, man, just admit what's going on, dude. I click a Baldur's Gate 3 video in three seconds. We're talking about the Series S again. Yes, because somebody asked me about it. 
Butters asked in the Discord about whether or not split screen works on the Steam Deck. And I talked with the guy that does videos and tests things like this out. He got Baldur's Gate 3 running split screen co-op on the Steam Deck. It's it's a relevant conversation with respect to Baldur's Gate 3. You, I, I can't ignore people's questions. I wasn't talking about that. I was talking in the show open about all the other games coming out and why I believe Baldur's Gate 3 is going to edge out Tears of the Kingdom for Game of the Year. It's not for no reason as you need 2 gig for the OS. Right. Alex's contention was that's a systems management problem. That's bloated systems. It shouldn't have it shouldn't need 2 gig for the OS. And I'm like, "Okay, well they knew that was going to be the reality and they still only gave it 10 gig of RAM." So what what do you what do you want to what do you want to say? It's both it's two things then. It's bottleneck and poor systems allocation. The Series X, you can... Why can't I see what you're saying? I don't understand. The chat usually scales. They must have changed something. Oh, no, I see what I did. Series X, you can play to 4K60 right now, says Paul. 13.5 to 14 gig. Consoles always have a few gigs set aside for the OS, PlayStation and Xbox. Zelda, though, really? When you're saying that, Retro, are you saying that you don't think Baldur's Gate 3 can beat Zelda or are you saying or are you saying oh no th- th- Zelda's are you saying Zelda's the sure winner or are you doubting that Zelda can win where do you land on that I can't tell from just the way you asked the question what's in that mug I got reforged roast in the mug we are I'm drinking dark roast the uh, the light roast is currently in process but if you've never ordered our coffee before high quality bag with a tear top and a reseal it's got balanced acidity. You should definitely try it out. Reforgeroast.com or in the description below or the coffee command in chat. Someone brings up the Series S. Lono responds, why are we talking about the Series S? That's what I'm saying. Good old YouTube. Oh, it's like bumping off the gifted members. Well, replace them, Lone Wolf. Just shove them out. <laughs> to bear this OS RAM isn't helping games. Zubair says, they should let the S boot into some sort of super light OS mode for certain games where there is no dashboard and you can only quit by restarting and go back to full OS. Another gig would really help. And Eugene says, Zubair, this OS RAM isn't helping games. Um, yeah, I would, I'd be interested to see what the issue is, if that would even help at all. Because I know... I know they tried to free up some RAM a while ago, but it wasn't much. So, because there was at least two devs that weighed in at the time and said, this this will be inconsequential. You're going to order some coffee? Oh, let me turn on the coffee alert. It should pop up when you order coffee. To be fair, the idea of the Series S created was caused more of the affordability for one uh, fraction of the market. Those cons- uh, customers don't have that much money, but they want to play games. Um... Right, and I have no problem with that. I have no problem with saying, hey, we're going to have entrance-level gaming. We're going to have, you know, tiers of subscription or whatever, or tiers of hardware. I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I mean, heck, even PlayStation did that with their digital. We're going to we're going to we're going to do a version without a disc. It'll keep costs down and it'll let people buy into this generation at 400 instead of 500. That in and of itself is a similar strategy. It's like, we're going to try to keep costs down. We're going to try to have something that is 
about as low as we can make it, right? Especially when you were looking at the market at the time, there were lots of people losing their jobs. There were lots of people, you know, falling on hard times. So I I don't have any problem with that as a strategy. I just think the issue is long term. It's kind of coming back around and causing issues, right? It's it's that's 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 true in every business venture. If you say, hey, um, you know, I'm gonna start a lawn mowing business. I'm gonna buy this cheaper lawn mower so that I can recoup my cost quicker and have lower prices because I'm gonna be going to neighborhoods that cannot afford higher level prices of mowing lawns. Well, you get going in your business and a month into your business, you have you have all this work that you've got to do and maintenance on the lawnmower because it's not built for the level of work that you're doing, right? You're doing too many lawns in a day, you're doing too many lawns in a week, and your lawnmower keeps breaking down. Well, your choice at the beginning wasn't necessarily like wrong, stupid, or bad. It was like, no, it made sense. You were trying to appeal to a subset of the market that cannot afford high-end lawn services but it's coming back to bite you on the butt months down the line now you're having to take money and invest it in you know fixing up your equipment we don't have that option with a series s is one of the issues this is becoming a a, a persisting problem is we, we can't fix it there's no maintenance to increase this thing's efficiency enjoy serves up the layup he hits it to 15 members on the day that's a 10 bomb to 25 we'll see if we can tempt any of the big boys today thank you enjoy for gifting a member windows is a resource hog it actually has bloatware built into it and it takes up way more resources than the ps5 operating is operating system for example it's probably multiple the amount of other gaming os's It'll become cloud gaming, says Dark City. I mean, in the realm of the discussion of game of the year, which is what I'm far more interested in talking about, right? Like, we can talk about the fact that this game will probably launch on Xbox, I would think, first quarter next year without split screen. I think that's what's likely going to happen. Um, that's just a prediction. I don't, But I don't want to spend all day here. What I would like to do is talk about game of the year, like, what do you think it takes to win Game of the Year? I want to see what Retro said if he answered my question. As a 30-year-old gamer, I think Zelda will win Game of the Year. I just can't see this game losing. Any chance of a Friday night Baldur's Gate community play night, even just with Hilly? I'll be playing Baldur's Gate 3 on a PS5 the week it comes out. I'll do that on Friday night with Madam. It will be hilarious to watch us debate about what we should do and make our characters. Oh, that'll be a blast. That'll be a really fun stream. That'll probably be a stream where we only play... I'm sorry. Hey, somebody ordered some coffee. Thank you so much. Uh, That'll be a stream where... Oh, and somebody also ordered a mug. Cool. Hang on a second. Let me try something here. Um, Wait, no, that's not right. Let me go into the coffee alert and do this. And then let me do this. And then let me do this. Uh, Coffee alert monitor only. Okay, we'll see if we can fix the sound. The sound's not working. It's supposed to say, hey, somebody ordered some coffee. Reaper with 28 months of membership and a VIP. Congrats on the growth, brother. Thank you so much, Reaper. I appreciate that so much. Atlas Fallen, game of the year. My review of Atlas Fallen will hit uh, this Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern when the embargo drops. Be sure to support that. I'll be working on that today. Uh, I've got to record a bunch of stuff. 
We'll have to cut our member stream short a little bit today to give me time to do that. If you're just tuning in, we're discussing whether or not Baldur's Gate 3 can win Game of the Year. People are saying Starfield. I don't think Diablo 4 has a chance. Somebody said Diablo 4. Absolutely not. I, I think that I think the reason Baldur's Gate 3 beats Zelda is I believe that Baldur's Gate 3 is doing something to to a genre long dormant to a certain degree. Like I believe what they did was more ambitious at some levels to take a more classic genre and say, "Look, we're, we, this thing is worthy of it's it's relevant, it can be great, it can be popular." I think they have completely blown expectations away and I think it'll edge out Tears of the Kingdom. I said it when Zelda came out, when Diablo 4 came out, and I'll say it again when Starfield comes out, Baldur's Gate 3 is game of the year. Zelda isn't being referred to as a generational game. You're on my wavelength, Grey Bush. I'm like, Baldur's Gate 3, keep in mind here, I'm a bigger Zelda fan than Baldur's Gate fan. I'm looking at this about as objectively as I can. I'm saying, listen, the way the press and the community is talking about Baldur's Gate 3 this is receiving similar dialogue that like Elden Ring received. We're, we're talking a genre-defining game. It's, it's not just another video game. That's why I think this game edges out Zelda. Will Baldur's Gate 3 create a bunch of similar games showing up in four to five years? We expect that from Elden Ring. I, yes, Zubair, I think so. Yes. Yep. I was going to say that a little bit earlier. I was going to say, listen... This is going to bring back the classic RPG. We all thought turn-based was gone. I thought turn-based was gone. I thought, dude, more and more games are going to get rid of turn-based. Everything's going to go to the action-style game. What did I say just the other day? I wasn't even talking about Baldur's Gate 3. But there was a trailer for a PS5 game that came out, and I said to myself, I think we're hitting saturation of action-adventure games. I think we are. Like... The rise of the action adventure game is now like hitting, almost like hitting capacity, and then that will go down, and it'll leave room for games that are more classic, more turn-based. It's like, it's almost as if there's always an ebb and a flow to clothing styles, you know, music, any anything, right, ebbs and flows. One thing rises, and another thing goes down, and then another thing rises while another thing goes down. I think you could see that in game genres. I do. I think you could see that happen. Scott Woodford with four months. As someone who never played uh, Baldur's Gates, Baldur's Gate games, can a newbie play the new one without playing the older ones? Everything I have seen, yes. People in chat can weigh in. But everything I've seen is you don't need to play the previous one. Turn-based was never gone, Lono. There's plenty of turn-based games. Cliffo, you know what I'm saying, though, right? I wasn't saying turn-based was gone, never to be seen again. I'm talking like mainstream big releases you don't see turn-based that often more and more of the bigger games coming out we're leaning in or moving toward more action style combat as opposed to tab targeting in an MMO or turn-based targeting I think this is showing that Nick no you can bring back classic RPG 100% 100% you can bring it back only three contenders in my mind, Zelda, Final Fantasy, and Starfield. Well, 
I think Final Fantasy 16's up there. I think Starfield can get up there. I think Starfield's got to get out of the gate first. It's got to prove itself. Currently, if Starfield delivers everything they promise, then yes, it gets nominated, no doubt in my mind. But it's still got to launch. And that's, you know, that's unseen right now. We don't know what that's going to look like. I never played the old game, said Zubair. The concepts are so universally known, it's not hard to get into. We know what wizards and rogues and barbarians are. Zero chance Baldur's Gate wins game of the year with all the great games this year. Right, but Garrett, according to our definition of great games, successful games, whatever whatever phrase you want to use, Baldur's Gate is one of the best games this year. It's undeniable. Like, you can say there's no way that it wins. It's up there with the rest of them. It's up there with the rest of them. It's clearly getting nominated. If Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't get nominated, I would be absolutely shocked out of my mind. There's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it not getting a nomination. It is one of the best games coming out this year. I would say that Baldur's Gate 3 just handedly out outpaced Final Fantasy 16. It just did. Just, Sorry. Sorry, FF16. You're getting the nom. Final Fantasy 16 will certainly walk away with some awards, but I think Baldur's Gate 3 just shoved Final Fantasy out of the way and is like, I'm going for Zelda. You're not wrong, but Zelda wins Game of the Year. Listen, if Zelda wins Game of the Year, I won't be upset. Like I said, I'm a bigger Zelda fan. I've never played a Baldur's Gate before. I'm just telling you what I see. Right? I'm just telling you what I see. What I see in Baldur's Gate 3, with the critical acclaim, the player numbers, the player response, the player reviews, I'm like, I think this game takes it. This game's going to absolutely sweep. It'll take the RPG category. It'll take Game of the Year category. Uh, it could take uh, art design. Uh, it could take a lot. I think Hogwarts likely walks away with art design, maybe art direction. I don't think Hogwarts wins Game of the Year. It may get a nomination because of how popular it was, how how well it did, how well it was reviewed, right? But I don't think Hogwarts can win Game of the Year. No, not over Zelda, not over Baldur's Gate. No way. Baldur's Gate is doing what Elden Ring did. Elden Ring made Souls games more accessible. Baldur's Gate 3 is making turn-based RPGs more accessible. Dave, I would say that's too narrow. I agree with you that they both are doing that, but I think they're doing much more than that. Eugene says, I think Baldur's Gate's going to land better with press voters than Zelda. I agree with that as well. I agree with that as well. I think Zelda will be remembered as an amazing game. It will win awards. It will have a nomination. It's it's certainly going to be all the way to the end. You know, it's going to be a question about who's winning. However, I think the press is going to say Zelda was more Zelda. It was innovative. It was crazy fun. The tools, the super hand, all those funny clips. Sure, sure. It, it had virality, it, it, won, it won gamers' hearts, but Baldur's Gate 3 is in another category. Baldur's Gate 3 is doing more than just being charming and having virality. It's winning the praise 
of gamers. Like, it's like, this is a game. This is an excellent game. It's not just, oh, this is more Zelda, and look at all the fun stuff that we can do. Press has a Nintendo bias. Um... I don't know if I believe that. YouTube lurker with 15 months and a VIP gold. Baldur's Gate 3 is so good that there are gaming journalists telling the public that we cannot expect anyone else to make a game this good. Baldur's Gate 3 is so good it's not fair to other devs. That's another narrative that's coming out. It's like, don't expect this level of quality from other games. Don't expect it. You know, not everybody not everybody can do this, bro. This, this level of quality is not normal, is, is essentially what folks are saying, which <laughs> it's funny too, because it's like, look how well the game's selling on PC, and it's like, hey game devs, if you take your time, and you pour passion into your game, and you deliver excellence and it runs well, look at what can happen, wow you can make a ton of money Legend of Zelda will win. Gameplay mechanics always win. And puzzles. Uh, is the market really big for a huge turn base? I don't think gameplay mechanics win, Emissary. No. Do you know why I knew Elden Ring was going to win? I was rooting for, for Ragnarok. But the minute Elden Ring won for Best Direction or Best Director, I was like, it just won Game of the Year. Because the direction of the game was what mattered. Because that touches everything. That touches lore, art style, that touches size and scope, that touches everything. Baldur's Gate 3 could likely walk away with best direction. This game was the best directed game. Look at the art style, look at the size, look at the scope, look at the impact it had on the gaming world. I don't necessarily think it's like, oh, it's just the mechanics. And what Wheezy is saying, if you're saying gameplay mechanics and ignoring Baldur's Gate 3... You're silly, he says. Wheezy is basically saying, look, man, these game mechanics are fantastic. What are you talking about? It's akin to create your own adventure story that you read as a kid. So, Emissary, even if we grant what you're saying and we say, oh, no, mechanics are king, well, the mechanics in it seem pretty good. It's 100% a press award, says Eugene. All the outlets are biased. I mean, all the, yeah, every outlet has some level of bias. There's literally no limit to how you can approach any situation. Wheezy, and I think that's where it beats out Breath of the Wild, because Breath of the Wild has a similar setup, right? Limitless potential of outcome and solutions. I think you need to slow down. What do you mean? What do you mean slow down? It it, it jumped to the number one spot. It's competing with Madden and NBA for pre-orders. Tell this to slow down. What you talking about? This is one of the, this has got to be one of the biggest releases this year. As far as look, I mean, look at that. It's it's going to be in the it's going to be in the top of charts for for sales, no doubt. It already jumped up to oh, this was the, that was the CEO. It jumped up to the number two, almost number one. People are saying they're seeing it in the number one spot as the most pre-ordered game on PlayStation Five. It's surpassing Madden NBA on on PlayStation Five. Come on, bro. Don't tell me to slow down. New World did the same thing. Those That's completely irrelevant to the conversation. New World was an MMO, so New World's popularity was driven by the fact that it was a brand new MMO. You had massive YouTubers streaming it and trying to play and trying to get in. 
that has no bearing on this game's success. This game's player numbers didn't climb because it's an MMO. This game's player numbers climbed because of word of mouth. It's having a moment, bro. It's having a moment. Even Lono's calling it Breath of the Wild and not Tears of the Kingdom. I do that all the time. I, I swap. I swap the titles. Guys, we've been streaming for about an hour. Do me a favor. Smash that like button and get us to 300 likes. Somebody slam this 10-bomb home and get us to our first 25 members of the day. Every 25, I give five. Thanks so much. If you're watching over there on Kick, make sure you're following the channel as well. We're still not seeing the results we want to see over there. I don't know what, you know, I don't think Kick's doing what we necessarily need them to do, but I think it's important to be on that platform given where things could go with them long term. Us PlayStation players are Western RPG starved. PlayStation does incredibly well in the West, so to have an RPG come out that is more classic, that is considered more of like a Western style RPG, that could really be in its corner. Big time. Zelda Breath of the Sun. Yeah, Breath of the Sun, Game of the Year. That's right. Tears of the Sun, Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Sun. Got it. (laughs) Got it. Releasing Baldur's Gate 3 on PC first will probably result in much better results as if they waited for PS5. The pre-orders are increasing a lot. Baldur's Gate 3 is Sony damage control for Starfield coming out. They're shaking. (laughs) Yeah, they were shaking in June too and everybody said that Xbox won and PlayStation lost and then PlayStation trounced everybody in revenue. But sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping score on Twitter over showcases really did a lot for revenue. Really did a lot for sales, didn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Who won June again? I'm I'm I can't remember. It's really it's really hard to hear everybody over the screaming objective evidence of how strong Sony did in June when everybody said they lost and everybody was Xbox beat them. Xbox had a better showcase. Uh-huh. The real story here is this is what a game looks like when you take your time to develop it. Larian's been working on Baldur's Gate 3 in some form since they were wrapping up Original Sin in 2017. Original Sin 2 in 2017. Um, If Microsoft's own devs couldn't get split screen to work for Halo Infinite even after it was promised, what hope does Larian have? Like I said, Victory, I don't want to spend a bunch of time on that subject, but I think... I think Baldur's Gate 3 comes to Xbox first quarter next year and they do it without split screen. It was a joke. Here's the thing, Horror Full Pop. You said it is a joke. You should probably put a Kappa. If you would have put a Lono Kappa after you said that, I would have thought, oh, he's just goofing around. He's just joshing. There were people on Twitter and YouTube saying that. They were literally saying that. That's what they believe is going on. They believe this is all a ruse because of Starfield. It's little brother syndrome all over again, dude. It's like, what are you talking about? You think Larian did this on purpose and and they got Xbox engineers to come help them? Seriously? (coughs) 
I take in great joy being able to buy a product from a company I don't despise. It's refreshing. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Yeah, Lono Kappa is your friend. It's always a great way to signify, hey, what I'm saying right now is totally in jest and not serious. This is what three years of early access, listening and pleasing players, and knowing the current state of the industry, top-tier dire- top direction, game of the year, solid contender. Uh, Zubair says, at this minute it's great, but you're absolutely right, the money will change things going forward. Uh, people comparing the two are just silly, they're not even in the same genre. Starfield's still not gold. I'll be honest with you, I don't know if we're going to get a Starfield Has Gone Gold announcement. They didn't do one for Redfall, and I think that may be with games that have had multiple delays. It's possible that they just decide not to say anything. I don't, I'm not saying they won't, I'm just saying my gut is, I expected us to get that last week sometimes. I covered the Starfield situation early last week, and I thought, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, sometime this week we're going to get the Gone Gold announcement. Maybe we'll get it this week. If we don't get it this week, I, you know, yeah, because Paul's saying preload's on the 9th, so it has Gone Gold, they just haven't announced it. I just, I don't think you announce a game has Gone Gold after that many delays that would be my guess i don't think it means there's problems i just think it's like why why bother making that announcement it you know they got to print and ship discs at some point right well if preload's available then i'm assuming the version is being printed and shipped so that doesn't mean we have an announcement Right, I don't think I don't. I, I think if we get through this week without a gold announcement, they're just not going to announce it. I don't think that means problems. I just think it's when games have had multiple delays, it just it doesn't it doesn't land as a, as a as an exciting announcement. You know, hey, this game that was supposed to be out here here, you know, it was supposed to be out then, then it was supposed to be out then, then it was supposed to be out then. Well, okay, now it's finally coming out and it's gone gold. It's like that's that doesn't it just doesn't land the same. I don't think. I do think Starfield gets the nomination if they have a good launch. I think Starfield gets RPG nomination. I think it gets Game of the Year nomination. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things they might win or might get nominated for. But they have to have a good launch. I think Synapse could get Game of the Year. I think they need a VR category. And if they did a VR category, then Synapse would be a front runner for sure. 100%. 100%. Yes. I do think we need a VR category. Was there a VR category last year? I can't remember. But I think they need one. Because there's so many games coming out. I think you easily are getting over 20 games in a year landing on VR. So you could easily have five, you know, five nominations out of that out of that out of that batch. They do have a VR category? Okay, hang on. The Game Awards 2020 v- 2022 VR category. Oh, they did. They did. You're correct. Yo, it's good, Ginger. I'm sorry. I completely forgot. Because last year it was 
After the Fall, Among Us, Bone Lab, Moss Book 2, and Red Matter 2. Yeah, I remember cheering for Among Us to win. Yeah, it went to Moss Book 2. Okay. Yeah, I could see Synapse winning this year. It's also not fair because it's VR. It's best VR or AR for the best game experience playable in virtual or augmented reality irrespective of platform. So I could see I could see that I could see it going to Synapse. Synapse was an incredibly very very good VR game this year. Ballots are tabulated and the 5 games that appear on the most ballots are put forth as nominees. In the event of a tie, six or more nominees will be announced in a category regarding how many games get nominated. Okay, so we're not going to get an increase in... That's A lot of people were saying, this year's too good, you need to have like eight nominations for Game of the Year. I Like I said, I think I agree with that. People say 2023 is a weak year for games. I don't know. I don't know how that is. I don't know how that is, dude. So we're not saying game of the year of all time, just nominations is the topic. Well, it's two, it's, it's two discussions, Emissary. At one level, we can discuss what we think gets nominated for game of the year. I think Baldur's Gate 3 just made that category incredibly difficult because I think Baldur's Gate 3 just took the lead. Oh, I see what you're saying, Eugene. I was saying Synapse is the best shooter I've ever played, but it's not fair because it's VR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is a good shooter. (laughs) I agree with you. It really is fun. I wish I had more time to play it, man. I've been so busy. Like, I've been so busy. I've I've made time to beat uh, Viewfinder. I played a little bit of Remnant 2 last night. I really like Remnant 2. It feels so good. There's so much build possibilities in that game. Um... But but yeah, Emissary, I think there's two debates. Like, we can debate about what gets nominated. I think your top five for Game of the Year, I think it's undeniable that Zelda is there. I think it's undeniable that Baldur's Gate 3 is there. I think your other three end up being Final Fantasy 16, Starfield, and Spider-Man. I don't know. Armored Core 6 is coming. Hogwarts happened. I, I'm telling you, that category is just, it's going to be tough to even sque- squeak in. In the event of a tie, they'll have six nominations. So I could see them having six nominations. I, it's, I just don't know. I don't even know how you get, once you get past the initial three of no doubt you see Zelda and Baldur's Gate 3 up there. And then after that, it's like, I feel like it's obvious that Final Fantasy 16 would be up there along with Starfield and Spider-Man. But then what about Hogwarts? What about Armored Core? Even Diablo, even though it fell off with the community, it still had a very strong start and a lot of people praised the campaign. You know what's wrong with gaming this year? The likes on this video. Yeah, over 700 people here. Come on, man. Creatures calling y'all out. Final Fantasy 16 will no way be near Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yeah, Resident Evil 2 Remake is another one that is is a likely frontrunner for nomination for Game of the Year, Cliffo. That's another one that people threw out there. No other year in gaming. Uh, have we had bangers every month? Yeah, Super Mario Brothers Wonder is coming. 
possible dual game of the year? No. Thank goodness Christopher Judge can't win anything this year. AC Mirage? No, AC Mirage won't get any nominations as far as I can tell. That game looks incredibly rough. I I don't think Mirage gets a nom... I'm sorry, AC4 Remake. Sorry. I was reading Cliffo. Cliffo had a typo. Cliffo typed Resident Evil 2. He meant to put Resident Evil 4. Yeah. RE4 Remake is has been has been gotten a lot of nods and people have said, "Oh, those those are getting that's getting nominated." I'm sorry. Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, Lords of the Fallen. We forgot about Lords of the Fallen. I told you I was going to forget somebody in my show open. I just kept naming game after game after game and I left out Lords of the Fallen. We're in a year where RE4 Remake won't get a nomination. I think I agree with Eugene. I think RE4 gets edged out because it's a remake. I think in previous years, it would have been a frontrunner, but now I don't think it gets a nom. There's too many games. This feels like when we did the top 10 sales discussion and it was a crowded room. <laughs> RE4 Remake was near was a near-perfect video game. Lords of the Fallen has zero chance. I don't know. It looks real ambitious. Unreal 5. Yeah. Yeah, Liza P. I don't know if Liza P gets a Game of the Year nomination. Liza P might get a nomination for Art Direction, but I don't know if it'll win. I think Hogwarts takes Art Direction. They literally created the school of Hogwarts, and they did an incredible job. There was so much work and intricacy went in to creating that entire castle. I don't think you beat Hogwarts for Art Direction. I don't. Liza P will likely get a nomination for Art Direction. We will probably also see nominations in Art Direction for like Spider-Man 2 and Final Fantasy and maybe even Diablo. But I'm telling you, man, I don't know if you can beat Hogwarts in Art Direction this year. They they absolutely crushed it. It was fun, it was just phenomenal. There needs to be a game as service category. There is a category for like ongoing game or something isn't that what it's called immortals of avium i'm be honest i i think games like immortals of avium atlas fallen you know lies of p i think these games will do fine i don't think they're gonna walk away with a bunch of nominations though i just i don't think so i don't think they'll walk away with a bunch of nominations no room for ff16 anymore i mean i'm telling you that's why I said, that's why, the, that's why the thumbnail says Baldur's Gate 3. Game of the year 2023 just got harder. It, it Every time one of these games comes out, it's like, yep, it's even harder to win this year. Your game has to be incredible. Liza P is multiplat. Yeah, it's a multiplat game. Not wanting to start anything, but honest question. Do you think that the controversy surrounding Hogwarts will hurt its nomination chances? No, because um, I, I believe Jeff Keeley included it in the concert that they did, did they not? Hogwarts has not been stiff-armed by the press at all. A couple of outlets got out their fiddle and played it for everybody at the end of their articles about you know the author and royalty. Shut the frick up, right? No one cares. So I don't think that'll affect it winning, getting nominated, or getting talked about. The press 
goes where the money is man always and they all reviewed it and they all made content about it and they all promoted it so anytime they want to talk about their virtue surrounding harry potter and all of that they're just they're a bunch of frauds bro none of those outlets put their money where their mouth was they all cashed in on the click rate of hogwarts legacy so i i don't think you would leave hogwarts out of the game awards i don't think so Keeley doesn't seem to operate that way and like I said I'm fairly certain he already included Hogwarts in the concert that they did I'm fairly certain FF16 will win music and maybe narrative but Spider-Man 2 will probably take narrative Remnant 2 made it hard for which category I don't think Remnant 2 will be in game of the year I just love that we're in a year where a working parent doesn't have time to finish a game before the next good one comes out and having to figure out which one to buy and play first. Eating good right now. Yeah, the backlog the backlog's getting getting thick. Is Lono sleeping on Starfield? In what way? I mentioned it multiple times today. I think it like I said, if they if they have a good launch, I think Starfield gets a nomination almost assuredly because of who made it. Bethesda makes great games. They do. You want to rewrite history on Skyrim and Fallout 4, you know, by all means. Those were fantastic games. They, you know, they've, prior to Keeley's event at the DICE Awards, Bethesda Games have won awards. So I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any concern about Starfield getting some nominations. That'll get a Game of the Year nomination if it can have a good launch. Wheezy says, the way I see it is six games. Zelda, Spider-Man 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Hogwarts Legacy, Starfield, Final Fantasy 16, and the Resident Evil 4 remake having a shot to knock anything out of there that isn't Zelda, Spider-Man, or Baldur's Gate 3. I need clarification on Spider-Man 2. Doesn't look like it's going to be multiplayer. No. They have shot down the rumor of multiplayer and co-op I think four different times now. I think four different times now they've specifically said no, there's no co-op. No, there's no multiplayer. No. <laughs> How nominees are selected, says Eugene. I don't see Hogwarts Legacy getting a nomination in this process. What's the process? Nominees for most categories of the Game Awards are chosen by an international jury of over 100 global media and influencer outlets selected for their history of critical video game evaluation. Specialized juries also convene for other categories, including esports, accessibility, and best adaptation. Each voting outlet completes a confidential, unranked ballot based on the collective and diverse opinion of the entire editorial staff, listing out its top five choices in each category. Yeah, but I think globally... Eugene, I think globally, the situation with Harry Potter, I don't think it gets as much traction globally. It gets traction in the West. Even the Western outlets covered it and talked about it. Like, I don't know. If, you, if, if you're doing like a hundred global media outlets, I think Harry Potter will do just fine. I don't think it's going to get the bump. I don't think it's going to get this... This weird uh, treatment. I don't think so. That's not. I don't. I don't think that's going to be an issue. If Hogwarts dropped a Quidditch DLC right now, automatic game of the year. Well, they have a separate team working on a Quidditch game that looks a little bit like Fortnite. They won't be Quidditch in Hogwarts. I don't see it making enough top five list. Period. Controversy aside. Um. Top five lists globally. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough because people loved it. It was highly praised, and it did commercially very, very well. Weezy says, I think Legacy could easily bump FF16 in Resident Evil 4. Yeah, like, globally, if I'm putting money on a game squeaking into Game of the Year, I think Hogwarts has a better chance globally than Final Fantasy or Resident Evil. It's just more popular. The math's in your favor. You're more likely to stumble upon an editorial staff or a media outlet or a person who's like, I love Harry Potter. My wife played. My kid played. I played. Everybody freaking played Hogwarts Legacy. My wife has never played a game on her own at length in her life. And she played Hogwarts Legacy for 62 hours. I just think the math's in your favor. If you're going to 100 global media outlets and saying, what's your top five? I feel like Hogwarts is on a ton of those lists. Because if you really look at the year and where people spent their time, that game garnered a ton of attention. How many outlets, again, have have wives, brothers, sisters, children that played Hogwarts that were like, yeah, I really don't typically play games, but my gosh, I got to go to Hogwarts as I got to go to the school. Is Hogwarts still an amazing game when you remove the Harry Potter name? Um, I actually think it is quite good, yes, as a video game. Yeah, I think the story is quite good. I think the level of freedom, the exploration... All the different things you can do, combat, the combat death was quite good. The fights weren't so good. The boss fights were probably the weakest thing. The group fights were the most enjoyable. I thought the boss fights were the least enjoyable. Yo, surfing it with a month of membership. Welcome back. Thanks again for the gifted. Love the content. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Still waiting here. Somebody set the layup. 15 out of 25. Guys, slam that 25 home. I'll give five back. And make sure you're smashing the like button. Get us to 400 likes. Thanks for a strong turnout on a Monday. Talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Making Game of the Year a whole lot harder. And we're debating who gets into the Game of the Year lists. It's a mid to low 80s scoring game in a sea of nines. Yeah, but I don't know if score is strong enough to unseat it in people's minds. And in like their hearts of like... I don't know. I think that's going to be your challenge is the memory of it is going to matter more than like Final Fantasy 16 has an 87. So Final Fantasy 16 has an 87 and an 8.2 from the users. So Final Fantasy 16 and Hogwarts Legacy at some level are you know kind of in the same ballpark, you know? Hogwarts Metacritic on the PS5. Uh, 84, you know? So, it's basically tied with Final Fantasy. And it's way more popular. Score is press reception and it's a press award. Well, I think you just argued that Final Fantasy 16 doesn't get a Game of the Year nom. Which feels kind of strange given that game's quality and given the story and the combat. Oh, you don't think FF16 gets a nom either? Okay. Well, then what's your 
What's your top five or six? Let's say there's a tie in there, six. William Long with six months of membership. I think Baldur's wins hand down. It breaks the tribal stalemate and it offers nostalgia for a past while moving gaming forward. Yeah, what's your six then? I don't... That That's the problem, Eugene. There's clearly a strong four right out in front with, I think, Zelda, no doubt, Baldur's Gate 3, no doubt, Spider-Man, and that's the thing. After that's like, what in the world? What are you going to edge it out with? I don't, I don't know. What, what starts to climb up in there? Like, what else is coming out? Like, Starfield, we got Spider-Man, we got Armored Core 6, we got Lords of the Fallen, you do have, you have Diablo 4. It's, I think it's hard to make a top 6 without including Final Fantasy 16 and, um, and Hogwarts. He's got Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, Zelda, Spider-Man. Okay, you're missing two. I see Starfield as a guarantee. And let yeah, like I said, as long as it has a good launch. The only thing standing in the way of Starfield getting a nomination is if it has like an abysmal launch. It was like barely playable. Now Helldivers isn't gonna get nominated for probably anything other than maybe like new game, new shooter, or something like that. I don't know. Helldivers does not look that amazing. It looks fun, but I don't think it looks like award award worthy. If Armored Core 6 reviews well, it would immediately jump in. Now, I mentioned Armored Core in the show open. I said, you know, last year's winner is up there. FromSoft's in the mix, no doubt, with with Armored Core 6, because it's FromSoft. Oh, I agree, Dave. I keep forgetting about Mario. I think Mario will get in there as well. Super Mario Wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No RE4 love. I think it's tough for RE4 to win this year. There's too many new games to, for a remake to get in there. No, Horizon Call of the Mountains DLC. It can't get nominated. Well, is there is there add-on content category? Legacy could have avoided all the controversy and just added Bear Set. <laughs> uh, hang on a minute. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Game Awards... Add on content category. Is there one? I don't think there's a no. I don't think there's an add on content. No. So call them out and can't win anything. It was just DLC. <clears throat> Baldur's Gate Three, Zelda, Starfield, Spider Man, RE Four. In my book, Resident Evil 4 gets edged out by Hogwarts or Final Fantasy 16. I mean, I'm telling you, new games should have a huge, huge leg up in the contest, bro. Like, I, I don't know. Re- I don't, I'm, not, I'm not trying to take away from Resident Evil 4, but homie, there's too many brand new big games coming out to put RE4 up there. You've got... First and foremost, you have the shoe-ins. You've got Baldur's Gate 3 and Zelda. Then you have the other ones that seem obviously going to be up there, like Starfield and Spider-Man. Then you have Final Fantasy 16, Armored Core 6, Hogwarts Legacy, even Diablo 4. Like, putting Resident Evil 4 up there when that many monster titles are coming out, I don't think I agree with that. I don't think a remake stands a chance against the uh, against the tide of games this year. 
I, there's too many big games. Well, Final Fantasy 16 didn't have performance issues that would hold it back from a nomination. It had criticisms of its performance mode. They approach their performance mode with the philosophy that I disagree with. But if you actually look at the breakdown of the game in quality mode, which is where a lot of people play, it's where a lot of the press plays, it didn't have performance issues. It didn't. It had issues with dynamic scaling of the resolution in performance mode. Like, that's very specific. You want to talk about performance issues, look at Jedi Survivor. Jedi Survivor, the entire game hitches and freezes. There's screen tearing. There's frame drops. Even on quality mode, that game stutters and stammers its way through. It's like, if you want to talk about performance issues, I don't think it's fair to include Final Fantasy 16 in the list because I am very critical of the performance mode in Final Fantasy 16, but they're not performance issues. The DLC qualifies a game. I agree the Cyberpunk DLC might be huge, but I don't know if it qualifies. No. No. Call of the Mountain and in, 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 in Horizon and Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty don't count. No way. Yeah, we know about the Red Dead Redemption announcement. No one really cares. It's just an old version of the game. Um, I, I don't think anybody... I'm not being dismissive to you. That was our general consensus earlier. was like nobody really cares. It's not been updated or at all. It's just an old version of the game that you'll be able to play now. Hogwarts suffers from recency bias. By the time the Game Awards roll around, it'll be almost a year since the release of Legacy. You mean like Elden Ring? A lot of us thought that Ragnarok was going to sweep because of recency bias. Ragnarok did very well, but Elden Ring didn't suffer from recency bias. It did just fine. And it was like, what? the third game to come out that year or like the second game it came out after Horizon Dark Horse Jedi Survivor Mm. recency bias is not a thing I don't think it's a thing because they're literally looking at every game that came out and coming up with their top five list so they're never going to be like well that came out at the beginning of the year (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, hey, we need your top five games this year. And they're like, okay. They're like, what about Hogwarts Legacy? And they're like, nah, I kind of forgot about that game. They'll comb over every game, their thoughts, their reviews, their general consensus of the games, and then they'll compile their top five list, and then they'll send it over to Keeley, and there you go. A game of the year is on Armored Core. Armored Core has a chance to come in and steal everything. That's that's definitely a possibility. From I wouldn't count FromSoft out. I wouldn't count... Listen, I'll be real with y'all. I wouldn't count Starfield out. I wouldn't. I watched that Starfield Direct and I told y'all. I said, if they can nail performance, I think we're looking at Game of the Year. I think we're looking at a transformative game. If they can nail performance. I'm telling you. I would not count Starfield out. Bethesda brings the heat. They do. They have made some of the best games in history. And you can besmirch them all you want and act like Skyrim was buggy and the modders saved it. And Fallout 4 was terrible and the modders saved it. No, that's not true. And you know it. That's not true. 
Starfield could come out of left field and be like, y'all forgot about us. Surprise, mother... And then they, they'll get, like, multiple categories. I'm not saying that it will. I'm saying, I just be watching it. Just be careful. You forget about Starfield, and all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, it won, like, every category. Patrick Q with a gifted member taking it to 16 out of 25. Don't you know what Starfield is? It's basically the RPG philosophy from Fallout and Skyrim smashed into a space exploration game. It looks wonderful. Battlebit will win best indie. Yeah, you're probably right about that. If that's classified as an indie. I believe it would be, right? Modding community is going to be all over it. I mean... Not initially, I don't think so. Not initially. Look at the Xbox shill. I mean, I've tried to tell people for a while. This was my favorite thing that happened over the weekend. Somebody asked for my PlayStation username, and so I just replied to his Twitter. And then some guy went and looked at, like, an achievement tracker on PlayStation and he, he was like trying to call me out about how bad it looked. And it's like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you guys that I have a longer history with Xbox. I'm a late adopter to PlayStation. Look at this pony. Look at this pony. Look at my gamer tags. I have like a 74,000 gamer score on Xbox. And my achievement tracking on PlayStation is going to look awful. Now, he could have. He could have hit the little button that said, show me his best games to his worst games. And there were actually a ton of games where I had really good percentages. I never go for trophies anyway. I just complete the game. Like if you look at my trophy completion on Viewfinder, I play the game for six hours, but I got like 23% of the trophies. I never go back for trophies. I'm not that kind of gamer. But it's like, I try to tell y'all that I'm not a pony. Look at my gamer tags. Like seriously. Look Look at my score on, on Xbox, and then look at my score on PlayStation. You know? It was like, so you're actually going to try to call me out about my PlayStation achievements and my trophies inadvertently proving that never have been a pony. I'm a late adopter. I only leaned towards PlayStation in the last year or so because that's where the games were. I just went where the new games were. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Weezy says... I've said before that recency bias works in the opposite. The farther away you are, you forget about the bad things in the game, but you remember the good things. It works more in your favor that people haven't played it recently. They look at it more fondly than anything. Look at the release date of most Game of the Year winners. Sure, they deserve it, but it's pretty clear. I think I think what Wheezy is saying is, is true. I think what he's saying is true. Is that if you look at recency bias, it actually does play in your favor the earlier in the year you come out. Because people do. They forget the bad things. Like, oh, Hogwarts was awesome. I played that for 70 hours. They they forget about a bug or a glitch or something that irritated them, you know? Pretty. Uh, that's pretty good for being a former uh, Destiny player. Yeah, my highest percentage on the tracker was Destiny. It was. What's that site? What's it called? PS5 Achievement Tracker or whatever it was. Um, what is it? Is it the PSN Profiles? 
Is it True Trophies? I don't remember what site he was using. No, it wasn't True Trophies. It might be PSN Profiles. Yeah, it was PSN Profiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you put me in... Um... Processing games and trophies. Generating trophy cards. Updated. Uh, let me just go to my profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you look at this and then you go order of percent. If you go order of percent. For me, right here. Okay? So let's... let's, And then I'll go to the other side. My PlayStation profile or whatever it's not that impressive destiny obviously has the most trophies at 77 ratchet at 73 again i do not go and look for trophies i wish this had the number of hours played because i 100 percented the map in spider-man but you don't see that with the 60 percent elder ring 65 horizon 67 in rays of the light no man's sky maquette for whatever reason ghost of tsushima is on here twice Sackboy, Forbidden West, Returnal, Sekiro. You can clearly see by the games, these are all newer games to the PlayStation, you know, library to the PlayStation first party. Um, Hogwarts Legacy, I didn't even get that many. And I actually played that game a lot. I think I hit like 40 something hours. So it's like, I am, I'm clearly a late adopter to that ecosystem. You know, I have a 75,000 gamer score on Xbox because I've played there way more. I've got way more games there. It's interesting to think about, says JG from Space. It works in the opposite way for movies and Oscars. Films that release early in the year get forgotten about and are less likely to get nominated. Trophies are meaningless? Yeah, I've never been a trophy hunter. So if you look at my trophy percentages, they're always going to be low. Always never going to be very 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 high because like a great example like is that viewfinder game i played it i beat it i i feel like i got my money's worth i got six hours out of the game i thought it was one of the best puzzle games i've ever played and i'm done with it i'm not going to go back and look for all the little trinkets and stuff i got like 23 percent of the trophies that's that i don't care about that i've never done that ever the fact that I completed the map in Spider-Man and went for every single thing and every single checkbox and still did not have an impressive percentage on that, that right there just proves to you, like, I'm. that's why I never do any of that. Never understood the platinum or it doesn't count crowd. I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I get, I get trophy hunters. I understand people that like it but I don't understand why they expect others to do the same. Now, I like when the guys on Twitter go after somebody and they look at hours played. I think that's totally fair. There's been so many guys out here bragging about how much they love a certain ecosystem or a certain game, and then they get called out for playtime in the game. That, I think, is a legitimate litmus test of, like, do you even like this game or not? You played it for an hour. What are you talking about, right? Now, if you come at me and you're like, oh, well, you played the game for 22 hours, but you only got 40% of the trophies, I would say, yeah, I think 22 hours speaks for itself. I, I got my worth out of it. I don't know I don't know how many hours I put into Spider-Man. I don't, or God of War, or Tsushima. I want to boot those up and see, personally. I'm actually interested. I don't know if there's a site that tells you that. Like, 
with PlayStation, can I go see how many hours I put into each individual game? I think that's way a, a much stronger indication of a person's enjoyment of a game than the trophies. I think the percentage of trophies is more of an indication of the type of gamer that they are. That more than like, oh, did you like the game? Yeah, I beat I beat Viewfinder. Like, I beat Spider-Man, I beat Ghost of Tsushima, I beat God of War, I beat both Horizons, and my trophy counts in those games are in, like, the 40, maybe 50%. I just, that's the kind of gamer that I am. I'm like, I'm just playing a game, bro. I don't, I've never gone and looked at a trophy list and been like, let me make sure and work on this. I've never done that, ever. I think I did that with Hellblade on Steam because I'm one away from getting all of them. I think that's the only game I've ever looked at. I checked my trophy progress on Rift Apart uh, since I'm replaying it. And what is going on with chat? All of a sudden, my chat just is buzzing. Uh, I checked my trophy progress on Rift Apart since I'm replaying it. I'm going to snag the platinum because it's natural playing. Chat's going crazy. Chat was so stalled out, and now all of a sudden it's like, YouTube's having trouble again today. Trophies rarely speak to skill anymore, says Broken Lobo. They're meaningless bragging rights. Yeah, I think hours in a game is far more important. Right? If I sat here and told you how much I loved Ghost of Tsushima, and you went and checked my time in the game, and it was like two hours... You have every right to call me out. I don't know how many hours I have in Ghost of Tsushima. Can you check that on the PlayStation website? Is is that is that something you can check? Like go to PlayStation, log in, and go to my games. Is that possible? I'd be extremely interested. What's the site called? I think the one that we used just a second ago was called PSN Profiles. Um Game Library. Okay, so I'm on PlayStation's website right now. So can I click on a game and see how many hours I've put into it? I would love to know some of like my most played games. Hang on, played. Okay, if I click on Viewfinder under played. Yeah, it just says download from library, additions, purchased, friends who played, game legal and info, PS5. Yeah, sadly, I think you have to literally turn on your PlayStation to see how many hours you put into a game. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem to tell you on the PlayStation website. It's only counting PS5 playtime. Oh, so like if you played it on a PS4, my Spider-Man playtime wouldn't be as high because I beat it on the PlayStation 4. If it's only counting PlayStation 5 playtime, Spider-Man would be the worst one to check. Ghost of Tsushima would be the best one for me to check because that's the game I played the most on my PlayStation 5. It says it on the PlayStation app. Okay, I don't. yeah, I don't have the app. Ghost of Tsushima is probably the only PlayStation exclusive. I've not gone through the entire story, and I do not know why. I keep putting it down every time I try to get into it. Really? Huh. I wonder what you're snagging on. I loved that story. I loved all the side quests. I loved everything about it. Even, even like, the monk guy. Like, everybody grappling with their 
you know, their frustrations. I probably have uh, a lot of time in Sekiro as well on PlayStation 5. Oh, your PlayStation counts PS4 playtime as well? Okay. I might pull my PlayStation in here during members to get it ready to record because I got to record stuff for Atlas Fallen today and just boot it up and see. I'm actually really, really curious. Oh, Enjoy found it. Ragnarok was 19 hours. Ghost of Tsushima is 63 combining the PS4 and PS5 on your profile. How'd you do that, Enjoy? I never played Tsushima on the PS4. Oh, I played the PS4 version, though, before they updated it to the director's cut, so maybe that's why it's tracked twice. I bet you that's what it is. 63 hours in Tsushima. I told y'all I love that game. If someone says most deaths are not by shark attacks, and then I say most people spend most of their time on land, that's not an insult to people who choose to swim in the ocean. It's just a reason. Atlas is today. No, I gotta finish up today and record the review so that Creature can put it together tonight and tomorrow, and then ours will go live on Wednesday at... 2 p.m. Eastern. The game releases the day after on Thursday. I can tell though my Destiny 2 hours, it's only counting PS4. Destiny 2 is tracked twice as well with the two versions. Okay. Yeah, I want Tsushima to come to PC really. I, I hope they give it to a good porting group like Nexus or something. Because <clears throat> I think that would be would be extremely important 63 hours in Tsushima that's probably my most played game outside of Destiny 63 hours that's more than I played in Hogwarts I think Hogwarts I hit like 43 hours (coughs) I've seen people torture themselves getting platinums somehow blaming the devs for poor game design Yeah, I just don't care Tsushima and Tilu 2 for PC next. Baldur's Gate 3, game of the year in my opinion, says Razer. Lots of good contenders though. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima Legends is really fun. I have 963 hours in Elden Ring. Oh wait, I bet you I played Elden Ring more than Tsushima. Yeah, I think the last time we checked my hours in Elden Ring, I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's another one that I put a ton of time into on my... um, I'm not a FromSoft guy, and yet Sekiro and Elden Ring are probably two of my most played games on my PS5. <clears throat> Some of the trophies are bad game design, says Eugene. Yeah, a lot of the times I've seen trophies that don't make any sense. I think we've all seen that. It's like, go do this thing, and you're like, wait, the game's not really designed for that, right? Guys, We've got, mm, I'd say, 30 minutes before we're going to shift gears. And we haven't hit our member goal yet today. You guys got the rest of the month to secure Jar Jar. You went crazy last week. Don't take your foot off the gas this week. You'll uh, you'll fall behind if you don't. I would think, I think taking the momentum would be the right strategy. But it's up to y'all if y'all want to see that. There's always been some achievement that requires X number of kills with a weapon I've never touched and never will. I don't have time for that. Well, I remember in Titanfall 1, it being like, 
you had to get remember you had to get like certain challenges to roll over prestige and it was like shoot a titan out of the sky after he ejects from his titan it was something like that Elden Ring is 126 hours yeah so I have twice the number in Elden Ring that I had in Tsushima Tsushima I had 63 and then Elden Ring is 126 that's literally exactly double (laughs) yo what's good thrifty yeah it was the goose challenge that's what it was yeah the stupid goose challenge in Titanfall dumb check your hours played in a game just hover over the game on the PS5 it's in the lower right uh, yeah I was trying to do it on the PC Christopher my piece, my, my PlayStation's not in the room with me right now yeah I, we were just we got off on a little bit of a tangent some guy tried to call me out about my trophies on PlayStation and it's like I've been trying to tell you guys that I, I'm not a pony like I, I came to PlayStation late I have way more of a gamer score on Xbox. A 2,000 Deep Zone Crypt completions in Destiny 2? Jeepers. Guys, make sure you're smashing the like button. Get us to 400 likes. And in the next 20 to 30 minutes or so, we'll be shifting gears. I've got brand new details about Off the Grid. Uh, A Battle Royale game has some leaked details. Currently, we got off on a tangent, but we can kind of bring things back to... My contention with Baldur's Gate 3 is that Game of the Year 2023 just got harder. We've been throwing out our top fives, what we think is in the top five list. I think Baldur's Gate 3 just took the lead over Zelda, personally. I do. I think it I think it I think it's gonna I think it's gonna edge everybody else out. Now again, I think Starfield could come in and surprise everybody contingent upon it needs to have a smooth launch it needs to without a smooth launch then it it it'll it'll i think it'll be rough my hours in destiny 2 are shameful yeah i don't even remember where mine ended up before the end you underestimate zelda fans too much the fans will not sway the vote that much it's not it's not up to the fans primarily I think the fans can influence it a little bit, but if there's one thing I've noticed in Baldur's Gate 3 is that the fans are responding very, very strongly. So, Starfield will give it a run for its money. Armored Core, I think, will get nominated, but no chance. Yeah, there's. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways this goes, but I definitely think that Baldur's Gate 3 cemented a... I think it cemented a, a, a front a front position. I do. It's not a popularity contest. Yeah. There's a fan vote that helps maybe what like 10% or whatever. Victory says Game of the Year nominations. Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Alan Wake. Yo, it's good, Brap. Zelda's media darling there will be a sway towards Zelda by the critics for sure well I think the critics are are being heavily convinced that Baldur's Gate 3 is also a bit of a darling just picked up Baldur's Gate 3 I was not going to touch this game I was going to ignore it I thought oh 
cult following on Steam. Cool. Neat. And then the reviews started pouring in. The player numbers hit. And I was like, what the huh? Like, what is going on? The fan vote could maybe break a tie. Now, yeah, that's true. But Baldur's Gate 3's got the entire D&D community behind it. That's a lot of people. (laughs) I also think don't count the PlayStation user base out, you know? They'll be pulling for a game. You know, they'll be voting for a game to edge out Nintendo for sure. Don't, you know, brand loyalty will play a part at the end. There'll be a bunch of Xbox guys voting for Tears of the Kingdom. (laughs) You know, they're like, 30 FPS is our uh, our new our new drum that we bang on, <laughs> you know. So we're all about that Zelda. With Mario coming out, Zelda and Mario may split the vote. That's a really good point, Dave. If Super Mario Wonder is in the running, it could actually end up hurting Zelda with the fan vote. Cause Mario. I don't know, man. You gotta watch out for Mario. A, a, a two a 2D platformer Mario. Mario's got pull, dude, with the Nintendo audience. I don't know if Mario's got more pull than Zelda at this point. I would think that he does. And I could be wrong, but my gut instinct would say Mario's more popular than than Zelda with the Nintendo audience. But historically speaking, that may have changed with Breath of the Wild. But if we look at if we look at total sales of Mario titles on the Switch versus Zelda, I think Mario's Mario's got a very strong chance to to as you said to hurt Zelda's standing with the audience. I don't know when Super Mario RPG is coming. Didn't they just announce it with no date? Super Mario Wonder is coming in October, I believe. Mario's more popular in general. Are you covering the Pokemon event? No. I don't really cover Pokemon at all. Redfall's my lame of the year. (laughs) I mean, between Redfall and Gollum, it's, uh, it's a hard race to the bottom. I mean, on that subject, it, I don't, I'm glad they don't do, like, worst game of the year. I'd never, like, I think that'd be, like, almost unkind you know, bashing on devs and bashing on games. But do you guys think Redfall ever gets that 60 FPS patch? I I don't think it does. I, I think that that, I think they're just going to let that thing drift off into the ether. I'm serious. I just think they're going to let it drift off into the ether. I just think they're going to be like, yeah, we're not doing anything with that project anymore. Baldur's Gate 3, game of the year for me so far. Baldur's Gate 3, says Razor, buy a fully complete game, no microtransactions in 2023, massive replayability, single player, multiplayer, couch co-op, split screen, just too good. Yeah, that guy, he's just a, he's a liar. I think at this point, Zelda and Baldur's Gate 3 are given 
are givens and most probably spider-man will get a nom as well we know three games i think starfield gets a nomination almost no matter what i think i think if star i think if starfield comes out and is abysmal it won't get a nomination i don't think it's going to come out and be abysmal it might be rough around the edges but I think Starfield gets a nomination no matter what. Oh, Mario RPG's in November. I didn't know it had a date. Thank you, Immortal Turtle. I didn't know that it had a uh, a date. I think Starfield automatically... I think we know the top four. No, no doubt in my mind. We know the top four. I think it's Zelda, Baldur's Gate, Spider-Man, Starfield. Right there. I, I, I think those are your automatic top four. That's what we said about Cyberpunk? That's true. <laughs> Lono, explain this to me from a psychological perspective. Why do I still want to buy Redfall after seeing how bad the game was? It's like bad game design is pulling me toward it. I mean, it's the same reason that you'll watch a video knowing someone's going to get really, really hurt or knowing some like a car crash is going to happen. It's almost like you have to see it for yourself. You know? If you follow any of those 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 Twitter feeds where they're showing like crazy videos of people getting in accidents or falling or you know robberies gone bad or whatever, you know what's coming and you watch it anyway. You're like, I gotta see what happens, you know. And some guy's leg gets bent backwards, falling out of a window, you know. Same reason people rubberneck on the highway. They you know they all want to look at the accident, and I would say that it makes perfectly good sense to be like, I want to see for myself. I, me playing Redfall and Madam playing Redfall was was really, really highly engaged with content on our channel because people wanted to see, right? Hogwarts died. No, it didn't. Let's be honest. They don't want the controversy. There's no controversy. They included Hogwarts in the game in the Game Awards concert. Keely doesn't care about that crap. He doesn't. There is no controversy. What you you want to know why there's no controversy? I'll show you. All right, I just closed Twitter. There's no controversy. Like as soon as you close Twitter, it's like I I can't hear anything but record-breaking sales and good reviews. I if I go to press outlets, news outlets, if I go to sales reports, if I go to review scores, hasn't even landed on the Nintendo Switch yet. If your controversy ends the minute that application is closed, then I don't think it's much of a controversy. People bash microtransactions, uh, but is the dev we love so much getting the money they deserve comparatively? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Yeah, and Hogwarts didn't die. Hogwarts dominated, and then like every other game, it it faded out of relevancy. The, the best games have done that. The best games have done that. How many how many months are we out uh, from Hogwarts Legacy? How many months? Right? So it peaked... It peaked at 502,000 players on Steam. Okay. You'd have to do some math here. You could look at Elden Ring. 
and you could look at how far Elden Ring fell after its launch percentage wise keep in mind percentage wise okay so Hogwarts has fallen down to 14,000 out of the 527,000 peak and then you have to go back to Elden Ring and look where it landed late year so late year 2022 when Elden Ring launched it was at 100,000 so it was like one it was one tenth of where it was before and currently at 15,000 of the 500,000 that they peaked at 15 divided by 500 yeah I think Hogwarts probably has fallen a little bit more than Elden Ring but again you've you've both like right now Hogwarts has in the last 24 hours it had 14,000 player peak in the last 24 hours Elden Ring had 43 so Elden Ring has three times the player peak and it was a much larger game way more popular absolutely dominated its player peak was double it was you know 952,000 player peak in, in Elden Ring and then Hogwarts 527,000 player peak but both games if you look at both games charts it's like oh my gosh and then they go way way down so even as crazy, insanely popular as Elden Ring was, it gets to almost a million concurrent players, and by the end of that year, it only had 100,000 peak concurrent. It was down to one-tenth of its former self. I, you know what I'm saying? One-tenth one of its former self of, you know, if you if you take the, the 50,000 roughly player peak and you multiply it by 10... Guess where you land? You land at 500,000. And in the last 24 hours, Hogwarts was basically one-tenth of its former self earlier this year. It, it's it's all about ratios. Team chart shown for Hogwarts Legacy is actually supposed to be 897. Wait, why? Why is it so much lower on the one that I pulled up? My Hogwarts Legacy Steam chart did not say 870, 879. Only 100,000 concurrent. But that's my point, is 100,000 concurrent players for Elden Ring is crazy at the end of the year. But that's all the way down from just shy of a million. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even as high as Elden Ring soared, at the end of its launch year, it had dropped down significantly. That's normal. Oh, you have to use Steam Database, not Steam Charts. Oh. Why is there a difference between the two? Don't they pull from the same systems? That's weird. Why would Steam Database be twice as high? Hogwarts had more concurrent players than Baldur's Gate 3 at one point. Huh. Go crazy though, obviously. Your argument is still correct. Well, Hogwarts has fallen faster and further, I would say then. It has fallen faster and further than Elden Ring did. I think Elden Ring is built more with multiplayer keeping it going and mods keeping it going. I think it's a little bit unfair when you have multiplayer and mods. And you have a history of FromSoft games ongoing with multiplayer and mods. Hogwarts doesn't have that. 
But the point stands, even the most successful games do that. Even the most successful games are going to have those player numbers go down. You can't find me a single game where that hasn't happened. Even really successful, you know, MMOs, they'll have like a great, great growth pattern and then they'll go back down. So you guys have about 11 minutes to get nine members. We haven't missed this. We're coming up on November of this year. We'll have never missed this goal for an entire year. We slowed down because I think everybody went crazy on Friday. I got to get everything ready for us to, to transition to the next thing. But you got you got to crank out nine quick ones so that we don't lose our streak. And I've got to schedule um, the members debrief and the premiere. Baldur's Gate 3 is hype. The numbers will drop because that's how games work. Yeah, it's inevitable. What goes up must come down, right? Zubair says, not on my watch. And he bumps the line to 17. Thank you, Zubair. Hang on. I don't want to create new. I can reuse uh, the last. Here we go. And we'll go. What's this called? Off the grid details debris. This will be the perfect member stream to not, um, we don't need to go super long with it because I've got a lot of work to do with this, uh, with this, uh, per- this, this review of Alice Fallen. There it is. Five from Catwalk and 10 from YouTube Lurker. That's 22. Whoops. Then that's 32. Thank you so much. Knew I could count on you guys. So we're just a little sleepy on Monday. We got to shake the weekend dust off a teeny bit, but that's okay. All right, let me get this set. Members, members, and members, and 1215. Yeah, you guys got to get that Jar Jar Binks, man. You got to capitalize on the momentum from Friday. You do. Whoops. Um, nah, I can do that on the back end. Uh, yeah, I'll probably loop back to this one. Okay, we got brand new details for Off the Grid. It actually sounds like a really, really interesting concept. Um, I did not realize the type of the type of game that it was going to be. Okay, ambient, two minutes, save, day at noon, schedule. Drops are irrelevant for single-player games anyway. You paid up front. There's no loss of business for the publisher. Well, and there's no impetus to be like, I gotta keep playing, I gotta keep playing, you know, oh, I'm gonna miss out. Because if it, if it doesn't have any... not If it doesn't have even an inkling of FOMO attached to it, then you're, you're, not, you're not gonna see that. You know what I'm saying? You are not going to see the numbers maintained. It's not. It's not multiplayer. It's not MMO. You know. It's not online. Those are. Those are going to be really, really hard numbers to maintain for single-player games. Always. We speak about big draw. Harry Potter is an outer space epic. Is pretty ginormous draw as well. No, the brand loyalty to Harry Potter. Starfield doesn't stand a chance against that. I mean, I'm I'm being I'm being dead honest with you. Starfield doesn't compete with Harry Potter. Brand loyalty will always win. That's like saying, well, Spider-Man's super globally popular, but you know, space exploration. 
the problem with that is is that you're it's generic that's not a brand people are far more able to latch on to a brand with their loyalty you know than than an, than an idea oh outer space but then you say spider-man and you immediately tap into an entire fan base the minute you say Harry Potter, you tap into you immediately tap into a fan base. What was the quote? I got one word for you. Space. Yeah, the guy that thinks Starfield's gonna chart top three for the year in sales. There's no way. You're not gonna get more sales than Hogwarts Legacy, Diablo 4, Zelda. You're not gonna get more sales likely than Baldur's Gate 3. Because you're one you're selling primarily to one platform. Like when it comes to sales charts this year, this year is an incredibly hard year to be selling your game. It's really, really hard. The, 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 the titles that are dropping and the rate that they're selling, and like that's why today's topic's like, man, game of the year just got really hard. And it's anybody's game at this point. Anybody could grab game of the year because there's so many good titles coming out. Like last year, okay? It was basically like, it's probably Elden Ring. Maybe Ragnarok steals it, right? There wasn't some big question mark at the end of the at the end of the line. It was like it's probably going to Elden Ring. Ragnarok might steal it. That was it. That was the discussion. There wasn't. Well, what about this game? What about this game? I don't know. What about Starfield? What about Zelda? What about Baldur's Gate? What about Spider Man? What about Final Fantasy Sixteen? Like, there's so many titles that it's not a. It's not as simple as it was last year. It's like the AFC. There are nine good teams for seven playoff spots, right? And picking who squeaks in, that's tough, man. That's tough. It's not Elder Scrolls, it's not Elder Scrolls or Fallout, but it has potential Star Citizen is out there waiting to drop Squadron 42 whenever they get finished. If Starfield delivers, it wins purely on the mass of the project. Mm, maybe maybe I told people I said don't be surprised if Starfield comes out and sweeps a bunch of the categories that that wouldn't surprise me at all if Starfield comes out and sweeps a bunch of the categories I'd be like yeah that's Bethesda I told y'all don't sleep on Bethesda been a monumental year for the RPG it really has Ginger hasn't it really has even though Diablo's faltering we gotta count Diablo. Hogwarts was a pretty good RPG. It was light. It was very light in the RPG elements. Right? It was more of an action RPG. And then you had Diablo. Final Fantasy 16. Uh, even Remnant 2 as an RPG with build and customization potential. Remnant 2 is awesome. And then Baldur's Gate 3 walks in the room and is like, we heard you like RPGs. It's an oldie, but a goodie, all right? It's, it's turn-based. It's a classic RPG style, but uh, we, we heard y'all like RPGs. You guys that are watching on Kick, head over to YouTube. I got a premiere going live in a few minutes, all right? I always I always uh, bail on Kick fat, uh, quicker, or, or f- first, I mean. Yeah, we got fighting games, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat both coming out this year. 
Hogwarts was so good. They've waited and gave, uh, they should have waited and gave more content. Faltering or not, there's been something for everyone this year. So even if I say Final Fantasy 16 isn't your game or Baldur's Gate 3 isn't your game, if you don't like 2023, you might not like the RPG. I'll do you one better, Ginger. If you don't like any of the games that came out this year, I mean, you might not be a gamer anymore. <laughs> what, are, what are you looking for? Like, if you get all the way to December and you're like, there was nothing to play this year, I would I would have to conclude maybe you're not a gamer anymore. You, you know, you didn't, you didn't like Hogwarts? You didn't like Armored Core? You didn't like Starfield? You didn't like Spider-Man? You didn't like Final Fantasy? You didn't like Zelda? You didn't like Baldur's Gate? You didn't like Diablo? You didn't like Super Mario Brothers Wonder? You didn't like Lords of the Fallen? You didn't like Remnant? What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Did you, you didn't like Street Fighter? You didn't like Mortal Kombat? You didn't like Madden? You didn't like NBA? You didn't like Redfall? Hey, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you didn't like Gollum? <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was good. After all those after all those games, you didn't like Redfall? You didn't like Gollum? The heck's the matter with you? <laughs> That's well executed. It's one of like one of my buddies who usually says something like if there isn't a new COD, then this year sucks. You know, at some level I feel bad for people like that, but then I'm like Eh, that you're doing that to yourself. You know? You're doing that to yourself. You're you're really limiting yourself and it seems really voluntary, you know. Expand your horizons a little bit, you know. I have I have like a hundred and thirty something hours in Elden Ring and I don't even know what in Sekiro. Why? I expanded my horizons. You know, I'm going to do that with Baldur's Gate 3 in a month. I'm going to do that with Armored Core 6. I'm going to expand my horizons. I did it with Final Fantasy 16. I'm loving that game, even though I'm like slowly working through it like a big TV show. I just don't have time. So, another game that we got new details about is called Off the Grid. They're promising it is a battle royale with a campaign. How's that going to work? Well, we have leaked details. There's a link in chat. I'm also going to redirect you to it. Listen to me. If you guys support these redirects, it's super helpful. They're shorter, and I also gift members when we get over there. Alright? When we get over there, I'll gift the five members that I owe you, and then I'm going to hang out with members. Okay? So, brand new details from a battle royale with a campaign. I will see you guys over there. It's interesting, and we have PlayStation to thank for these leaked details. I'll see you guys over there in that premiere. Click the link in chat, or ride the redirect.